Hey, thank you for joining me. It so, is uh, Dr. Taylor Takes 10 or Take 10 with Dr. Taylor. I really, I have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't really care about that. I care about you. Amy Borsetti is joining me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great to be really, here. It is so happy to have you. It is so happy to have you. Wow. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. I told you, we talked briefly before this started. I was like, I'm nervous and uh, I shouldn't be. Amy and I go back. Uh, Actually, I think it might be almost exactly 20 years. Wasn't this like around interview weekend for grad school? Yeah, uh, I think so. I think you're right. I think it's been, it's our 20 year anniversary right now. Right now in this moment. <laughs> Why did I ask you to join me for a casual 10 minute conversation during a pandemic? Uh, Amy, so I will talk to audience now. Uh, Amy has a master's degree in applied behavior analysis. We went to school together. Uh, I remember very distinctly when you showed up because she was into this cool thing called OBM and had come from Western Michigan and uh, was super smart. Oh, really good snowboarder, actually. I got to throw that out there because we did a lot. Not that I'm a snowboarder because I'm way too traditional. I'm all about the skiing, but I would follow you around while you fell on your butt. Yeah, I did. I did. Just <laughs> talked about your butt in the first minute. Me. I wish I could. I wish I was uh, such a good snowboarder now. I'm more careful now, you know? Yeah, we are just a little bit older now, but you know, I mean, again, 20 years ago means that we met when we were 10. So let's like, come on now. Oh, right. Like, right, right, right. Because right? we were so smart to be in grad school at 10 years old too. It was awesome. All right, guys, what do I want Amy to talk to me about today? You know, it's funny uh, when we briefly spoke, Amy, I, I was really reflecting on having kept in touch with you over the 20 years, but uh, so everyone knows Amy was actually an invited speaker at Calaba 2019. Um, And that was your first time kind of coming back and hanging out with some of us because Amy does not uh, work in traditional ABA realms right now. Uh, And then fast forward almost, uh, what, six, eight months, and Amy was an invited speaker in Scottsdale for the CASP conference. And uh, I was front row and center, like a total fangirl, being a complete dork. And uh, I try not to make notes because it's a casual conversation, but I had to write the quote down so I didn't stumble because I love the quote. Her slide pops up and it says, stop caring about what people think and start caring about your people. Mm. So Amy, Why did I call you? Amy actually works at LinkedIn, but Amy has been in the people learning kind of space, I think your people call it, right? Uh, For over 15 years now. And uh, I was less saying, ooh, I'm gonna make sure that you can represent as some important LinkedIn executive and more to be Amy, because I know watching your work over those 20 years is a quote like that comes from the chick that I was snowboarding with 20 years ago. And not that I'm not giving LinkedIn credit, but, uh, and uh, right now I wanna make sure I'm having conversations that are really helpful to primarily people that are practicing in what I now call traditional ABA. So really working with people with neurodevelopmental disorders uh, in various ways and their lives have changed. And I thought, well, this girl knows our talk uh, and has dedicated a career to effective leadership practices, but also just how to be a good person and and make other people feel good, right? So uh, that couldn't be a better theme than right now. So uh, Amy, I would love it if you could just kind of talk to me about how you're handling things, your team, you know, the last time I saw you present, you had such great tips. And I'm assuming some of those have, you probably revisited some of those, not that they were wrong, right? But talk to me. So that was my awkward introduction to a casual conversation. Uh, well, thank you, uh, first and foremost, for having me. Um, yeah, this, this time is absolutely unprecedented. You know, uh, I was actually working with my team yesterday at All Hands, and we were chatting about the concept that 
uh, similar to how previous generations have been kind of defined by big events. Uh, we can go back to, you know, World War II, Great Depression, that there will be a number of generations now that uh, we carry this with us and what's the story that we'll tell. Uh, and when you kind of frame it that way, it's interesting to think about that as a leader on how you show up. Like, what's the story you're going to tell your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids on how you showed up during this time for your family, for your teams, um, for your friends. And it, I think leadership kind of spans across that. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I came across a Forbes article just a couple of days ago that I thought really summed it up. And it was this concept of uh, there, are, there are folks that will be heroes. Uh, and of course, there are many of those that we see on the news all the time in a pandemic like this. And then there are others that will be victims. And that um, much of this is around a mindset. And really, instead of being the damsel in distress who only will be free by someone else's behavior, so to speak, uh, but to be the hero where freedom comes from inside and focusing the, on the things that you can control. Uh, because there's so much that we can't control right now. So uh, we had a great conversation around that. Uh, it, we all ebb and flow out of it, right? Like I have definitely been very deeply looking at the uh, Hopkins coronavirus a map. And I find when I do that too often, I sink into things I can't control. And I show up in a way that's not quite as uh, helpful. Uh, in these yeah. times. You know, do you find yourself with the teams that you interact with? Because I know, I know, uh, well, I, I would, I would assume you interact with a lot of people since you uh, are responsible for thousands of sales, like companies that are in the learning network with LinkedIn. But, you know, do you, have you found yourself in these last few weeks? You know, I kind of hesitate with like, you don't want to become like a mini therapist for your team, but do you find yourself orienting them more to things like, hey, I, I kind of suggest you careful how much you're watching that, you know? And mm -hmm. do you think that's appropriate, not appropriate? Are you supposed to be talking to them that way because that's their personal life, right? Like, what, mm -hmm. does that make any sense? I didn't expect to go there, but listening to you, I was like, ah, I think I'm struggling yeah. with that. I mean, here's the deal. I think, I think as a leader and as a friend and as a parent, as a whatever, yeah. it's so important to meet people where they are. And the only way you're gonna know where they are is just checking in. And so, you know, I don't, I wouldn't advise to like, help people, you know, deter from uh, focusing on the things that, that they may need to focus on at any given time, um, but to, to help them if they're stuck, to help coach them out of it um, and to uh, move to a position where they can actually control their life. I think that's a good thing. But I think it's through coaching rather than through telling. If that makes yeah, sense. you know what, and that's now <laughs> huh, are you saying that to me, Amy? Yeah, thanks a lot. No, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I explained to Amy if everyone's watching that part of why I wanted to do this was, and I totally did it for like way too many minutes at the beginning, but that's okay. Is that I have a tendency to talk at people, you know, and uh, at the same time, I was reflecting on Amy's presentation and back at Scottsdale and Cass pre-pandemic, pre pre-COVID. And uh, that was all about the importance of authenticity and, and being an authentic leader. And uh, uh, the joke that I said to Amy uh, afterwards was, it was amazing. And uh, I recognize that I'm probably part of this really small percentage of people that needs to talk on being, like not being too authentic. <laughs> like that's where I need to go, right? But, but on the other side, uh, you know, you gave such great tips about being, you know, being real and, 
owning your mistakes and uh, when you're faced with an interaction being like, look, this is what's going on for me. And I, I, I guess that's probably not changed uh, in this scenario. Is that heightened? Like, do you feel even more obligated to, to be real for lack of a better descriptor? I do. Yeah. And I appreciate the leaders that I see that are being real. You know, I think there's a fine balance between, uh, you know, if you're really, uh, you know, stuck in feeling emotional turbulence, there's a balance of how often you share that. But, you know, um, we actually had a discussion, um, I don't know, it was earlier this week, and there was a question around the table of, uh, how are you doing? And a group of people asking uh, the leaders that. And I know personally on the receiving end, when I heard uh, one of our leaders share how they were feeling and it wasn't polished, it was, you know, I have good days and I have bad days. And on the good days, I feel helpful and in control, confident, feels like we're moving in the right direction, even if I'm failing 20%. Uh, and on the bad days, I'm, I get stuck. And as you know, leaders aren't perfect uh, by any stretch. And I think those that, on now, I know, I know those that have a hard time, like admitting failure or, you know, trying to, to be the perfect model. Oh man, it's so uncomfortable because no one's perfect. So it's such a facade and people smell it a mile away, you know? So I think authentic leadership right now, compassionate leadership right now, it's never been more important, at least in my lifetime. Uh, this is the most unprecedented event. And I, I do believe deeply that how you show up as a leader today will define you for the rest of your career. Well, that was a pretty good uh, statement in a casual conversation. Now I'm going to make you pick up a little thing on your desk because it aligns very well. Mm. Show me here, please, as we wrap up. So uh, my girls showcased here, uh, three and four. We went on a walk. And my littlest one found this in our neighborhood. Be a warrior, not a warrior. And I don't know who wrote this, who painted this rock. Uh, it's now mine. I claimed it. I stole it from my kids. Uh, but it is like, it's so grounding for me. Um, and uh, I shared it with my team yesterday. It goes back to, are you going to be the hero? And are you going to help in whatever way that means for you? Uh, or are you going to be the victim? And we don't have to be the victim. The virus doesn't have to own us. Uh, we will come out better on the other side of this, uh, but it takes work, real work. It does. And it takes, uh, it takes knowing some amazing people. And if that amazing person is your cousin or your neighbor or some brilliant woman that you've watched develop an incredible career and an amazingly wonderful family and can call and say, hey, can I talk about you falling on your butt snowboarding 20 years ago? Uh, and she says, yeah. So that's what I needed. And I really appreciate it, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I look forward to watching you continue to inspire people uh, to be warriors. And uh, I will continue to seek your advice because uh, maybe it's the Jewish mom in me, but the worrying part is a uh, hardcore. So uh, I, I will hold that shot of you holding that uh, dear to my heart. So thank you, Amy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Stay safe. You too, my dear. All right. Take care. Bye.